Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber. Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes. We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter. So for just $7 a month, you can help support us get the word out and defeat the satanic global elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 123, The Chariots of Fire, part one. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And we are just fresh off of an exciting summit that we had, John. We did. It was fun. Yeah, Debriefing 2023. I want to let all of our audience know that this, uh, all of our seekers, by the way, all the subscribers are going to get that special event automatically because that's part of your premium subscription. You'll be able to see or listen to rather the entire event, uh, just like every other podcast. We are also going to make a video of the event. We're putting that together now. Okay. And John, that's going to be available for people to actually rent from our new website, so they can like download it and rent it. Okay. And watch it just like you would rent a movie on iTunes or yeah. something. You know? Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a very nominal price, like two ninety nine or three ninety nine or something. We'll we'll know when we get the okay. the final copy up and everything else. But just want to let you know that's coming as well. That's available to anybody. It doesn't matter whether you So that's uh, BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. They just go there and then they can rent it. That's correct. Okay. It's going to be available from that website and we'll let you know when it's available and how, how to do so. Okay. Uh, the website, by the way, is still, uh, there's parts of it under construction. I want you to know that there's a store coming and yeah. we'll, we'll have some uh, items and merchandise that you can, like these cups, which are fun. Um, we'll we'll let you know when that's available too, and also there's a members area that's currently under construction, and I want everybody to know that a lot of people are asking for permission to come into the members area, so we're getting your we're getting your responses. We know they're coming in. You may not be hearing back from us yet, and that's because the site's not ready. So we're uploading all the material for the seekers, and basically what's going to happen is all the different areas you have to go to right now will be consolidated into one spot. Okay. So our forum will switch from the Slack thing to the website. Okay. And yeah. uh, communication, all the show notes that you can download, everything's going to be right there. Okay. Yeah. So Sandy, our producer, and my lovely wife has been hard at work at that. And we will get it up to you. We'll let you know when it's available. So today, 
John, we're going to talk about the chariots of fire. I know. This looks interesting. Yeah. We're going to talk about some things that I think are going to tie into the UFO phenomenon. Okay. And we want to start off as we're going to start doing from now on, and we've done in the last several episodes, letting you know that the episode today is sponsored by and brought to you courtesy of Courtney S., Krista K., and Eloise C. Eloise. Recognize Eloise. Recognize Eloise. She finally got her shout out. (laughs) Eloise, we got you in there. Finally got her. These uh, became members in October of 2022. So we're catching up, but we're going to keep rolling until we get everybody in there. Not that Eloise is more important than Krista or Courtney. I'd like to say thank you to all three of them. Absolutely. But you just happen to know. I know Eloise. Well, and she's been badgering me because. (laughs) No, she has not. I'm I'm poking fun at her. She's actually awesome. It's good that you know. (laughs) Well, we are, of course, grateful for all our seekers, and particularly these three, because it's because of this, your your support of this ministry, that allows us to continue. And we want to just keep this going as long as the Lord will permit. Absolutely. So let's dive into today's episode, John, and we're going to start in the book of Ezekiel. So really... The UFO, or UAP now they call it. I, yeah. I'm old school. I can't get used to that, no. I think but. UFOs, you know. But that phenomenon, or these sightings, seem to be increasing. Mm-hmm. And they appear to show that we can no longer credibly deny they exist. I mean, even the Pentagon admits UAPs are real. Yeah. They cannot yeah. be explained. They That's not their technology, they're telling us. And it's advanced far beyond what we're capable of producing. There's well, one floating across the United States right now. <laughs> That's right. The, the, the Chinese say it's a weather balloon that got away, right? right. Although, although now there's another one, right? And the Pentagon says they don't know what it is. Yeah. And then... There's a lot of people lying right now. Oh, everybody's about. lying. And, and, and I think, believe it or not, that ties into this phenomenon. Because yeah. it, it seems to me that the uh, satanic global elites and world leaders are becoming more insane. Yeah. More uh, unabashed sociopathic. Okay. They don't care. They lie. Yeah. Uh, they've always been liars, but now they're lying about their lies. And mm-hmm. and they're, it's it, it's like you're standing there holding up an orange, and they're saying, no, that's an apple. Yeah. I can see it's an orange. No, it's an apple. They, they don't care anymore. Yeah. And they're laughing mm-hmm. in our, in, at us into our face for the lies that they're telling us. Well, so it's, to me, it's absolutely insane. And I know we don't want to spend our whole podcast talking about this Chinese mm-hmm. spy balloon or whatever it is. But it's all over the news, and people are going, well, shoot it down. We don't, And they're going, we, we don't know what it is. Well, with all this going on, it's a number one story across the United States. Our president gives a speech in Philadelphia, doesn't say one word about it, right? Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's been yeah. that's verified. But, yeah. he, but at least talk about it. All he did was talk about, oh, I created so many jobs, and look how great I'm doing, and do you want me to keep it up? It's like, no, we actually want you to talk about this balloon that's floating across the United States. Yeah. We don't want you to tell us about all that. And they just... Brush it aside like it's nothing. They man. do because they like, don't care. Yeah, but what's underneath that thing? What what is it carrying? I Not know. that we're going to talk about current events the whole time. So, anyways, no, I, I'm glad you brought it up because it is an unexplained aerial phenomenon. Yeah, you know, it is. A, 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 at least we think we know what it is, but they won't tell us what it is. Well, that's. I guess that's my point. The satanic global elite, right? Yeah, they're so. Uh, brazen now that they're just like, hey, don't worry about it. And it's probably like we, you and I discussed before we started the podcast. We we're talking about this, and you're like, it's probably a distraction from something else that they're oh, yeah. doing. Certainly, certainly. So who knows what's going on here? Well, it's it's a distraction designed to keep us. You know, everything they do 
is designed to distract us from. It's like a squirrel, you know, trying to train a dog, and a squirrel runs by, uh-huh. and he and he looks at the squirrel. <laughs> and meantime, okay. what, what's important is right here. Yeah. And so it's a bait and switch. It's a sleight of hand. Yeah. You know, and it's always going to be that way. So uh, it's always pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Look over here. Look over here. Mm-hmm. And then they go do the the evil thing they plan to do all along in the first place. Yeah. So I'm sure it's a part of that. But what we want to do is explore today if there's Bible evidence for UFOs. Okay. And, and awesome. I, I think a lot of people would, uh, Christians are probably looking at, oh, that's a baloney or it's a cult or it's new age. Well, it is a cult in new age. I, I believe there's a connection to Satan and his minions here. But we need to understand that uh, I think these aerial phenomena, not this weather balloon necessarily, Mm-hmm. Or whatever, a spy balloon. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure it's not weather. Yeah, they're not gauging the weather. Why does China need to know what the weather is in Montana? You know, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> if it is a spy balloon, and it probably is, that's not something that is from the angelic realm. You know, it's, yeah. they know it was made in China. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there are beings from that spiritual realm that appear to have some mode of transportation some sort of vehicle, and we see that in the Scripture. And I don't know why we couldn't draw a connection between them and UFOs. And I make a distinction, John, between uh, the angels of God that might use a conveyance method Mm -hmm. versus the satanic fallen angels that also use a conveyance method. And we'll get into, uh, in an episode coming up soon, about alien abductions. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the sinister plot, maybe, that's behind what's going on with that. Okay. You know. So these craft are definitely in the Bible, I think, and we can see the evidence for that. So let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Okay. Chapter 1. And we're going to read uh, two verses. The, the entire chapter describes the appearance of some living creatures, which are some form of angelic being. Yeah. They're called cherubim. And they appear to be moving within some type of con- conveyance, okay. vehicle, whatever you want to call it. Okay, a craft. So a craft of some kind. In verse 15, we read, <clears throat> this is Ezekiel writing, Now as I beheld the living creatures, and behold one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with his four faces, the appearance of the wheels and their work was like unto the color of a barrel. And first of all, let's talk about the word wheels. So, Ezekiel would have lived in the B.C. era, you know, hundreds yes. of years yeah. before Jesus was born. So easily 24, 2,500 years ago or something in that range. The only wheel that was essentially understood at the time, and there was no automobile, yeah. there was no landing gear of yeah. an airplane, right? Uh, a wheel would have been either a chariot wheel, okay. a yeah. cart wheel, uh, the wheel of a cart, not yeah. a person doing a somersault. Yeah. And uh, perhaps like a, a grinding mill wheel, like a flat stone that was used to grind up grain. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I can't think of another wheel that would have fit the description, but that, that's what he comes to mind. So he's clearly so- talking about something circular. Yes. But he sees it in the sky. He sees this vision up. So whatever this wheel is, you know, your first instinct might be to think of like, a wagon wheel as it's mounted on the side of a, a wagon. That would seem to make the most sense. And it's vertical. Yeah. But is it vertical? Could it be horizontal? Could be. Yeah. And at that point, then it's more saucer-shaped 
from the side yeah. as you look at it, regardless of what. Or could it be both, and these things are rotating in some fashion like an yeah. orb? Yeah. Right. So it's a wheel within a wheel, a wheel spinning. So why couldn't it be like two wheels, like a vertical yeah. and a horizontal, yeah. and maybe they're rotating and spinning or yeah. something like that? Do you think there's any significance to where it says upon the earth? Does that mean it's actually not in the sky and maybe is on the ground? Or well, I think I, they came, they there? descended. Okay. They descended down to the earth. So they're they're on the earth now, almost as if, because um, if you go back to verse 4, I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself. And a brightness was about it. Well, right off the bat, he's seeing an unusual light. Yeah, that's you know? wild, a fire enfolding uh, itself. And, and out of it comes. So this thing could be moving along the earth, but we're going to see, uh, if you read the entire thing, that these individuals are cherubs mm -hmm. that literally are bringing with them the throne of God. Okay. So it's some kind of conveyance. And, and if not, why would they need the wheels? Back to verse 16. The appearance of the wheels and their work was like unto the color of a barrel, and they four the four living creatures, had one likeness, and their appearance and their work was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. So there's four living creatures and four vehicles. What is the color of barrel? And that's spelled B-E-R-Y-L. Right. Is it's it, it's is... a barrel stone, and I think it varies. It has more than one color. Oh, okay. I don't know what color would have been the color that was common to the Middle East okay. where okay. Ezekiel was. I suspect it's amber. Okay. Almost an orangey sort of glowing light, you know. Yeah. But that's just a guess, you know. <clears throat> These angelic creatures of God appear to use some form of conveyance that we might describe as a UFO. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any question that while he's describing it as wheels and a fire enfolding itself, and what does that even mean? You know, a fire enfolding itself might be uh, this century in which he lived, a description of something that glows yeah. Because what other item would he have been aware of that emanates light but fire? Yeah. A yeah. lamp. Yeah. You know, there weren't flashlights. There weren't electronics. There weren't mm -hmm. anything that he could relate to. Lasers, you know. So this could just be a self-contained emanating, pulsating light coming from these vehicles. And he has no other way to describe it but a fire enfolding it. It sounds bizarre to me. It's almost like when you look at a fire, right? If you're making a campfire, the fire is going up and out, yeah. right? Enfolding itself mean almost implies that the flames are kind of going in towards a center yeah. of the fire, which is bizarre, right? right. That's uh, the best way I could describe that would be like smoke or um, like a fiery smoke that's going in, almost like a portal. Kind yeah. of. I don't know. I don't like know how a, to almost like that. a tiny black hole. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, like maybe that's what they're used to. Interesting. The the travel. So hmm. wow, this is a fascinating chapter. Almost like you, you could spend a month just going through this chapter. It really is. And with all the details that it gives us here, mostly about the, um, the creatures. Yeah. Uh, but he does describe the vehicle. But we don't get, certainly not a perfect picture of what's actually happening. So there's some other passages of Scripture, though, that I think are parallels to this. Okay. And we can't say that... In these next verses we're going to read, we're seeing the same living creatures, but we're certainly seeing angelic beings, and it's described, mm -hmm. there's there's wheels involved, yeah. but they're described completely differently, John. <clears throat> so go to, we meet a second Kings chapter 2. So I think the, the thing that fascinates me here is the fact that we think 
we don't think, but these are these are spiritual beings, right? Oh yeah. But yet there is a, you have a spiritual being that's using a physical craft, like it. He's seeing some kind of craft, whatever that is, wheels within wheels. But yet it's a spiritual being that's using it. I don't know. Maybe I'm confused there. That's just a very like a mind twister for me. You bring up something very interesting because I think we have a modern Christoplatonic understanding of spirit. Okay. A spiritual being, would you agree that maybe your perception of that is like a ghost? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So ethereal, no physical form. Exactly. Okay. Completely wrong. That's what I'm thinking, because yeah. why do they need a, a physical craft if they're like a ghost? You yeah. almost see them floating here. Right. But go ahead. Sorry. I, I think too many Christians have that idea that when we talk about a spiritual body, it's this ghostly body. Yeah. But it's not. It's physical. When mm -hmm. Jesus Christ ascended up, and, and when he rose from the dead, I should say, yeah. he was physical flesh and bone. Hmm. He was a spiritual body. But Thomas put his hands in the handprints. Yeah. He ate broiled fish and a honeycomb before the 12. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's no reason to believe that when he ascended to the Father, he didn't retain that glorified spiritual body. Okay. So we are physicality. We are corporeal beings in the spiritual realm. It's just a different realm. It's a different makeup. So angels, when they appeared, appeared physical to men. Yes. Two angels dragged Lot's family out of Sodom. Mm -hmm. How do you do that if you're just a ghost? Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, the Lord, before he went to Sodom, sat down and ate with Abraham. And, mm -hmm. and Sarah cooked him dinner. So mm -hmm. they physically ingested food. How does a ghost do that? Yeah. So we've yeah. we got to take Casper <laughs> out do. of the equation it's... of spiritual things. That would be true of the demonic world. Okay. Disembodied spirits. Okay. Yeah, like the Nephilim. Big difference there. That's true. That would be what we might call a ghost yeah. or apparition or something. Uh, and they seek to inhabit a body, don't they? Yeah. Right? So th there's very much uh, a misunderstanding of the spiritual body. Yeah. And Paul describes it in great detail in 1 Corinthians 15. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. The very word body is soma. It's flesh and blood to yeah. us, but it's something else to them. Which is such physical. a hard thing to wrap your mind around because I think that we've just been programmed over the years from kids that you see a book or whatever, right? And mm -hmm. here's an angel, and it's like this person, with, but they seem almost translucent, right, with a bunch of light around yeah. them and wings, and we know that that's not an accurate. Or they're female, which we don't well, even know how many they, female They look are. to be like this spiritual being, like if you throw a rock at them, it'd go through them, yes. right? <laughs> Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. What you're saying is no, no, no. They're actually physical beings. They're just in a different dimension from us. They are, right? And we're going to find out that they, because that dimension, if if we could see into that dimension, we'd see their physicality. Yeah. And this man does. 
Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up because you're going to find out that if our perception of the spiritual realm is wrong on the body of these beings, that they are not ghostly, but they are corporeal in a form that we can't see right now, yeah. but we can when they manifest themselves, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. could we have the misconception of other things as well? Okay. And what we're going to look at in a moment is some chariots. Okay. So Second uh, Kings chapter 2, we'll start in verse 9. There's a battle taking place or about to take place because uh, Elisha, the prophet, he it's not a battle. I'm sorry. We're going to get to that in a moment. I just re- realized this passage is before that. Elisha, the prophet, is about to watch Elijah, the prophet, be caught up to heaven. Okay. Now, we talk about the rapture of the church, and we look forward to that event where we will disappear like that. Well, Elijah was taken to heaven here, but in a vehicle. Notice verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And as it turns out, he did get this. Uh, Elijah had a powerful spirit. And Elisha was given a double portion of that spirit. And it was from God, but it was still double. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. In other words, if you see me disappear, you get the double spirit. If okay. you don't, then you won't get the double spirit. Okay. And so, because Elisha was to take his place as a prophet of God after he left. Okay. And God was ready to take him. And it's a whole other story of why didn't he need to take him, you know? Yeah. He did not. God took him. And it turns out he comes back. Yeah. So there's another thing. There. So the belief is that he's one of the two witnesses. Exactly. Okay. I believe he is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So verse 11, it came to pass as they still went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and hmm. parted them both asunder, split them apart. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. The horsemen of, fire, of God, and he said that they were horses of fire and a chariot of fire. Now, hmm. so we get back to you asking what was the color of barrel. Yeah. I said probably amber, and I'm thinking the color of a flame. Mm-hmm. Likely. He sees a chariot of fire. Now, we don't know it was orange, but we think of fly, fly, a flame as being orange. Yeah, makes you know, sense. Blue when it's hotter. Yeah. White when it's the hottest, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's right. Uh, but when he sees this, he sees some sort of glowing entity that reminds him of fire. And he Hmm. calls it a chariot. Well, what do we know about chariots? They have wheels. And what do we know about horses? Well, they're not on fire (laughs) unless they burn to death and die. So are these literal horses, literal chariots that we might think of in like the Egyptian chariot, you know, a man riding, pulling two horses, pulling him or whatever in a contraption that has two wheels. And then he's the rider while another man is next to him and he's maybe the archer. Yeah. You know, we think about ancient battles, right? And that's certainly what Elijah would have understood at the time, mm-hmm. in that picture. But is he using terminology that is all he has to describe what he's seeing? And then we've got this whirlwind taking Elijah up to heaven. Could that be a, a portal? Could that be a... a uh, what would you call it, a, uh, a device that this chariot used to transport him from the earth yeah. into the vehicle, 
you know. So you, what you're saying is that the, the terminology he uses here, chariot of fire, horses of fire, this is just, he's just using the only terminology he knows, right? Exactly. I don't know what this thing is, but he got into it. And it had horses of fire, so he's assuming that that's what's pulling it away, mm-hmm. and that's fire. So the best way he can describe it is a horse, because right. he's never seen a, for lack of better terms on my end, jet engine. Right. If that's what it possibly could be, I don't know. That's my terminology, because that's or, the only thing I know, be, right? For example, or some kind of engine that has propulsion, right? And maybe this thing's flames spun, coming out. Yeah, and maybe it's spun as yeah. it as it went into the sky. So and he's thinking he's those are the at, horses. He's looking at these two things shooting fire at them that are spinning that looks like a whirlwind. I don't know. I'm just throwing out terminology. I think these are, he's referring to some kind of a galactic craft. Wow. You know, and, or, or orbs or something. Yeah. And, and he's describing it as literally as he can. Yeah. With the understanding of words that he can relate to. He's like you said, never seen a jet engine. Yeah. So he couldn't say they look like jets. Yeah, you know? exactly. So he says they're chariots of fire. It's not the only time chariots from God are mentioned. But again, if we could be raptured up without any vehicle of conveyance whatsoever, and by the way, there's nothing that says the rapture will not happen with one. Yeah. yeah. It says we're going to be wow. caught up, and maybe we'll go up in the same whirlwind into the craft or plural crafts that God has prepared for us. Wow. I don't know that, you know. But uh, it just says we're going to be we're going to go up and we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Yeah. Know? So a lot of times we're led to think it's like this, you know, you're walking along one day suddenly the clothes just drop to the ground and the body's gone. Yeah. yeah. Like it magically disappears. Well, God's not magic. Mm-hmm. He's God. And he created the very physics that we are governed by now. Why could it not also be the physics that he uses from a different dimension? Yeah. And it still requires bodies to be transported through some sort of conveyance. Hmm. Okay. Right? So we're just going to ask that question. Go to chapter 6 of the same book. I was just sitting here thinking to myself at the same time. I was like, imagine if this, what we just read here, had been written now <laughs> yeah. rather than, I don't know how long ago this was, like 4,000, 5,000 years more, something like that. The vision Maybe more than that, now, whatever. Yeah. But if we had written this now, how would have this description been? Rather than where he's describing them as chariots with horses, how would we describe it if we saw it? Would we be like, man, it looked like the space shuttle with a bunch of stuff? Yeah, I don't know. Right. You know? And by the way, for all our horse lovers out there, I'm not <laughs> trying to tell you there's no horses in heaven. Uh, th- these <laughs> may very well be horses that literally glow. You know, yeah, uh, and and it could be they're literally pulling chariots. You know, yeah. But I'm I'm more inclined to think that whether there are actual horses in heaven or not, which I'm I'm sure there might be because there's God, so many mentions of them. Yeah, there's, there's we're going to look at several. Yeah. But if this is somehow involved in whether it's the propulsion method of a conveyance vehicle or or not, it's going to help us look at the word horse anytime it's involved in the heavenly realm and think maybe there's more to it than that. Yeah. Is it just a horse and a guy riding a horse like you think of in a Western, or is it something altogether different? Yeah. Now, <laughs> here we're about to have a battle take place, and there's a king <clears throat> that wants to kill Elisha because he doesn't like what he has to say about him, and uh, there, it's a Syrian king, so he's going after him. And um, there's a servant of Elisha that's like, oh, no, we're, we're doomed. 
mm-hmm. you know, because look at this army. It's a huge Syrian army. They're going to kill us, and we're just a handful of people here. Okay. And I want you to notice what Elisha says to him in verse 16. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host, that's an army, compassed the city, and that means surrounded, both with horses and chariots. Now, these are physical horses, physical chariots. Oh, you started in 15. I was lost. Sorry. Oh, I'm you sorry. <laughs> I, I did. So we're in 2 Kings 6, 15. 15, sorry. right. I, I was lost. Sorry. It's all right, my mistake. And so, in other words, it's the Syrian army. And they okay. do use chariots and horses. Okay, yeah. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? We're, we're, we're done for. Yeah. And he answered, Fear not. This is Elisha speaking to the servant. Fear not, verse 16, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Well, the entire Syrian army has outnumbered Elisha and his servant and whoever other handful of people he might have been with him mm-hmm. by hundreds yeah. to one, if not thousands to one. And so he's thinking, how, how can that be? This guy's like, we're doomed. Yeah. We ain't got a chance here. So verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Open the eyes of the servant. Mm-hmm that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire, round about Elisha. That's amazing. And based on what we just read in chapter 2, they would be horses of fire too. Mm-hmm. It's horses and chariots of fire. What are chariots of fire, and why would angels need to ride them? I think it's amazing also, on a separate point, that Elisha is just sitting there looking at it all. Well, the other guy doesn't see anything, right? Because <laughs> right. he's not looking at that he sees it. spiritual realm, right? Right. Which I'm learning today is actually very physical, right? Very much so. But he's not seeing it. But Alicia's just like, yeah, we're good, man. Look, I mean, look what's around <laughs> us, right? But the other guy's like, it's just me and you versus them. Right? I love that. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> and which means that maybe when he got that double portion of Elijah's spirit, he had the ability to oh, see wow. that, right? Yeah. Huh. He could see the dimension the whole time. Never worried, never batted an eye, you know. The young man couldn't see. They didn't have eyes to see. His prayer wasn't that he would would make them appear or suddenly come deliver us. His prayer was open his eyes. Yeah, because his is already open. He couldn't see. So he could clearly, what, what happened was he opened his vision to look into that spiritual realm. Yeah. And he saw... Chariots of fire and horses of fire. So what are these chariots of fire? And let's just say for the sake of argument, they're literal chariots and horses. Okay. And they're burning, you know, but not being consumed maybe in the same way like that the bush, the burning bush that Moses saw on the mountain. Yeah. Okay. If they're physical chariots as as Elisha would have understood them in his day, mm-hmm. why does an angel need a chariot? Yeah. They're right. an army. Yeah. It's the host of heaven, right? But why would they need a chariot? And, and if they do need a chariot or use them, why do they need horses? Doesn't God have the ability to transport people through warp drive or something? Yeah. <laughs> Other yeah, than exactly. horses, right? So, again, are they literal horses or are they something well, altogether? It, whatever it is, if it's a chariot, if it's horses, it's some type of <clears throat> mode of transportation. It is. So I guess your point is, why do they even need that if they can just warp around, fly everywhere? Right. Well, or just magically appear. Maybe we're finding out here that they're much more physical than we actually thought, or yeah. maybe, and 
Um, hopefully, I'm holding that that uh, previous belief that a lot of people had, and then we're learning it today. But yeah, they need a mode of transportation to get around. Absolutely. Or, or else they'd just be walking like us, right? right? That's exactly right. And I really think that we're going to find out that these chariots and horses are a recurring phenomenon in Scripture. Okay, just like you said, they're mentioned all the time. Uh-huh. And if we go to Zechariah chapter 6... We're going to find um, the same horses that Ryan Peterson discussed at our summit, yep. from which he connected to Revelation six. Mm-hmm. Interesting, it's Zechariah six, you know, mm-hmm. uh, verse one. <clears throat> and I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, there came forth four chariots out from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of brass. And it, it almost seems to be like, what's a mountain of brass? Okay, brass is a metal. So mountains yeah. are made of metal. Yeah. You have to mine the ore out to make iron or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and brass is different. It's copper, right, or something else. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's bronze. an alloy between copper and steel, I think. I think so, yeah. They would have called it bronze. Yeah. But brass. And uh, the idea is, in my mind... What Zechariah is seeing is a vision, probably peering into the spiritual realm the same way Elisha prayed for the young man's eyes to be opened. Okay. God's given him this vision. So I think he's seeing an angelic chariot coming out, horsemen, four chariots rather. Verse 2, in the first chariot were red horses. Hmm. And in the second chariot were black horses. And in the third chariot, white horses. And in the fourth chariot, grizzled and bay horses. So this exactly matches the coloring of the horses in Revelation 6. Okay. We're going to go talk about them in just a moment. But uh, verse 4, And I answered and talked unto the angel that talked with me, What are these, my Lord? What is this? And uh, the one is an angel with him, so he's physically in front of a person, okay. a physical entity. Yeah. You know, He's not a ghost. He's talking to this angel. And the angel answered and said unto me, verse 5, These are the four spirits... Of the heavens, which go forth from standing before the Lord of all the earth. Now, angels in the book of Hebrews are referred to as sent forth to be ministering spirits. So, again, we read the word spirit, we want to say ghost. Yeah. But divorce that from your mind. Think of a physical entity from the spiritual realm. All right, the four spirits are not four ghosts sent forth. And God doesn't deal with ghosts. I know, I'm going to have to reprogram my whole brain after this. Exactly. Unclean (laughs) spirits are ghosts, if you want to, for for elementary terminology. But um, verse 6, the black horses which are therein go forth into the north country, and the white go forth after them, and the grizzled go forth toward the south country. What are countries? They're physical. Yeah. We have nations today, countries. So they're on the earth. So then they can't be spirits yeah. as like ghosts. They're, they're physically going on. They're men, angels, yeah. I should say, physical angels, riding in chariots being pulled by horses. Or are they un- unidentified flying Some objects? Some type of craft, yeah. yeah. And they go forth, uh, verse 7, in the bay, uh, the bay horses, went forth and sought to go that they might walk to and fro through the earth. So they're walking to and fro through the earth. 
And he said, get you hence, walk to and fro through the earth. So they walk to and fro through the earth. That's a physical means, you know, yeah. and maybe walking is, uh, you know, maybe they transport through the vehicle, stop, get out, walk around yeah. to observe something, collect the data, get back in the chariot, hmm. right? Stay tuned for our part two of Chariots of Fire available next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. We'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber. Absolutely. And keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach. So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. And thanks again for joining us today.